Hey, trivia fans! Looking for an exciting and unforgettable way to add some fun and friendly competition to your events or team-building sessions? Last Call Trivia has you covered. Our unique web-based app allows players to participate individually or as a team, making it easier than ever to bring people together, spark curiosity, create connections, and make lasting memories. Host your own trivia anytime with our new subscription and experience the best in interactive entertainment. Even remote attendees can play along. Check out lastcalltrivia.com forward slash shop for more information. Trivia Podcast. I'm your trivia host, James, and I'm so happy to have all of our listeners join in on our trivia team today. See, our favorite part of Trivia Night is the discussion that the questions spark and the connections that those conversations create. That's why our trivia players will always show their work and talk through the thought process behind each of their brilliant answers as we go along. So speaking of our trivia players that I just alluded to, I'm joined today by the Last Call Trivia team, and that would be DJ, Kelly, and Omen. But before we get started with the game, I want to do a quick little warm-up. This is how we get everybody's brain working, and we'll hear something new each of our players has learned this week. So, Miss Kelly, would you mind gracing us with a uh, yes, fun little factoid or story or uh, something of that nature? Oh, I've nature? got one. I've got one. Lay it on us. So, <laughs> so recently we had a bonus question that had to do with the circumference of the Earth, if you guys recall. Mm -hmm. So I was looking up a little bit about that after we recorded that episode, and I came across a very interesting related fact. So, looking at the circulatory system of one adult human, if you were to lay out all of the arteries, capillaries, and veins end-to-end, -end, how long do you think that would be? Anybody. <laughs> 200 miles. Omen? I, I, I imagine it's got to be something fairly long since you're implicitly comparing <laughs> it to the circumference of the Earth. Indeed. So, stretched out end to end, it would be about 60,000 miles. I cross-checked this in multiple places because it seemed so unreasonable. And DJ knew oh. that the circumference of the Earth is just shy of 25,000 miles. So that means that each adult human on this Earth houses a circulatory system that would wrap around the planet... Almost two and a half times. Wow. And if you did that, you would go to jail Impressive. for 60,000 years. <laughs> it, it'd certainly be difficult to do across the various terrain and all that kind of sort, you know, but, you know, at the same time. It's uh, hypothetical, James. That's true. That's Theoretical. true. Theoretical. Absolutely. So, Omen, from the anatomical hypothetical to uh, whatever you've got to share with us today. The historical, James, I'm sure that you wake up every morning and just sing the praises of Johannes Gutenberg, who invented the Western printing press, as, mm -hmm. as obviously we all do. But I uh, discovered recently that, that his printing press was not the first printing press in existence. Actually, about 400 years prior to Johannes Gutenberg's printing press in 1450... In 1040 Common Era, Bi Sheng, a Chinese inventor and craftsman, created a porcelain-based movable type set. And it was in use for hundreds and hundreds of years. The first 
book that it printed was the Diamond Sutra, a, a Buddhist text. Of course, the Gutenberg press enjoyed a lot more success because of the alphabetic characters. There, It's a lot easier to rearrange mm. 26 alphabetic characters than it is to to rearrange the thousands of Chinese characters in there, that there are. I was going to ask you if it was Chinese characters, so I appreciate you uh, answering that for me. I think we had brainwaves going on yes, there. Yes, exactly. Know? It, was, it was the power of the printing press in some way. But as, as Gutenberg learned, you have to get up pretty early to beat the Chinese inventors. That, yes, absolutely. When it comes to technology, uh, which is something our good friend DJ knows something about uh, in terms of technology. And I don't know if that has anything to do with what he's going to talk about here, but it very well may. I suppose it's a type of technology, but probably not in the way most people are accustomed to thinking. Uh, we had a question in one of our previous shows that invoked a certain Russian political theorist, and it got me thinking about uh, the, the preservation. So the man born Vladimir Ilyich Yulinov, better known as his, uh, by his, his alias Vladimir Lenin, um, of course, his, his body is very famously preserved in the city of mm -hmm. Moscow. But I, I was curious because it came up in our in our question just how much it costs to preserve <laughs> his body. And I was really kind of wildly interested in pursuing that as a uh, as a concept and trying to dig into it. And of course, it costs two hundred thousand dollars a year, approximately to um, to keep his body preserved. But more interestingly, it also requires uh, frequent re-embalming. Like it's a it's a whole process. Yeah and uh, has to be done about every 18 months. So it recurs consistently, and um, it, it's a pretty fascinating thing. So it led me down quite the rabbit hole, but uh, about 200 grand a year to keep his body fully preserved and encased in glass. It's like getting so. an oil change were... for your car. <laughs> I thought you were going right. to say when you said you were interested in pursuing the cost, I thought you were going to say you were interested in pursuing that as a career. In doing some embalming. <laughs> which, uh... which might also be true, to yeah. be honest with you. Little, Knowing uh, moon, DJ, moon I think Unary technology. Moonlighting is a little, uh, you know, doing some bombing or something like that. Some, uh, you know, I, I could see it. Uh, but anyway, you know, I think I got lost down that Wikipedia hole once myself before, uh, DJ, so I can certainly understand. Hey, look, in today's podcast, we'll be challenging the Last Call Trivia team with questions that previously appeared in Last Call Trivia shows in bars and restaurants around the country. Our podcast show has two rounds of trivia three questions per round and then there's a bonus question in between those two rounds as well as a final question which closes things out but before we dive in a little housekeeping here a quick reminder if you enjoy today's show please be sure to leave us a five-star review on your streaming service of choice and if you'd like to learn more about all of last call trivia's products and services visit lastcalltrivia.com for more ways to get your trivia fix. But for now, we'll start off with round number one. I'll read each question aloud for DJ Kelly and Omen, and then they have three minutes to discuss and decide on an answer. In addition to the answer, they also got to give me a point wager. The options they have to choose from here in round one are one, three, or six, and they can use those wagers in any order. One, three, six, three, one, six, six, three, one, doesn't matter, but they can only use each wager amount once per round. So you wanna save the higher numbers for answers you're very confident in. The categories for round number one are common bonds, television, and technology. There's that word again, technology. So we've got common bonds, television and technology let's start it off here common bonds team 
What Eve 6 hit song shares its title with an animated movie featuring Amy Poehler, Mindy Kaling, and Bill Hader as part of the voice cast? This is fun. Uh, I love this question. I love I, what a, what a great association between Eve Six and a, a very a very charming uh, Disney Pixar you, film. I, I think it's. Can you read? I think it's delightful. The, uh, that question once again for our listening audience, James. Absolutely, Common Bonds. What Eve Six hit song shares its title with an animated movie featuring Amy Poehler, Mindy Kaling, and Bill Hader as part of the voice cast? Huh. So the uh, the opening lyric is, I would swallow my pride. <laughs> I would choke on the rind. But the lack thereof the would, lack leave me thereof empty would leave me empty inside. Yes, I, have I would heard swallow this my song. doubt, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in nothing. <laughs> I, I remember this song. That's right. Want to take my tender, or hard in a, uh, I wanna wanna put, put my tender, tender heart, heart in a blender. blender. Watch it turn Watch around it spin round to a beautiful, beautiful oblivion. oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. Why do I remember all these words? <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. Must have been released at a formative time for us. So I remember those lyrics. Don't remember what the song is called. My my point of entry for this is more the films. But I'm trying to remember what that cast would mean in terms of a film. I'm thinking it's a it's a Pixar film. If that helps, it doesn't help much. But I appreciate it. It's not Zootopia. It is not. Is it? Is it the one? Is it Soul? It is not. Oh, man. So okay. here's the funny part, because I can't think of the title either, but I remember a subsequent lyric in the bridge, <laughs> which is um, something like, make me blind with my eyes closed, tie me to the bedpost. And I'm sure that Disney did not put out a movie called Tie Me to the Bedpost. <laughs> but that's all I can it's think of. It's not bedposts and broomsticks. You're oh, right. Oh, right, right. Um, Disney Pixar. Uh, well, DJ, you clearly know it. So you're just you're toying with us like a like a fish on a hook. No, like a cat with a mouse, but yes, okay, very, wait, much, since, very much enjoying it. Hold on, it. since I remember all the words, though, is the title in the lyric? Or is the title It's, it's in a lyric, okay, yes. Yes, they, they do say the title for sure. Big. And it's not Here's to the Night, by the way. That's a different Eve 6 song that was quite Big famous. Hero 6. No. All right, DJ, what that, is it? That, Coco. Inside Out. Oh, Inside Out. Oh, okay, okay. I forgot that was a Disney song. We even said that lyric. Yeah, I think I think we should put six strong emotions, six well, core six memories, core memories will, on Inside Out. I agree. Six core memories on Inside Out, yes. All right, let's do it. Let's put six on What Eve 6 hit song shares its title with an animated movie featuring Amy Poehler, Mindy Kaling, and Bill Hader as part of the voice cast. You guys say Inside Out. The answer, Inside Out. Yes. Six points Woo. to you. Very nicely done. And uh, yes, as a matter of fact, the band a couple years ago um, kind of went viral on Twitter because they were asking various celebrities if they liked the Heart in a Blender song. That's what they referred ah, to it as. The see, Heart in a Blender song. Subtitle. Post-colon title. Right. And I believe the album cover, or maybe it was just the single, you know, had that image, a heart in a blender. So Apparently, apparently yeah. that film is being used in, in some schools to teach children about how to process their emotions. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Inside Out is? Agreed. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, yes. We'll have to talk about that at a, at a later date. I might date. need to watch it to learn how to process my emotions. That's very, very true. <laughs> All right. Well, you could watch it on a television, which happens to be our next category. Co-creator Smooth. Joan Gans Cooney stated in 1994 that she originally wanted to call what TV show 123 Avenue B? 
three minutes on the clock now. Um, I have a, a guess that I don't think is right, but at least it'll be an entry point for discussion. What year did Friends come out? Because oh. I'm thinking there's a street name and they all live in the same apartment complex and there's three apartments. So that would be one, two, three apartments on Avenue B. But I've never heard I, that Friends was called a, that ahead of time. I have a totally different take on this based on the name one, two, three Avenue B. It has both letters and numbers and it rhymes. It sounds like the name of a children's show. I'm guessing this might have been the original name of Sesame Street. No, but I, not 1994. Yes, I think I agree. I think that Sesame Street predates 1994 by quite a bit. But wasn't the quote in 1994? Yeah, James, I don't can you think it was saying that the, the show was uh, 94. Or allow the me quote? to allow me to read the question once again, Kelly, because that's all I can do. But it's something I'm happy to do. <laughs> Co-creator Joan Gans Cooney stated in 1994 that she originally wanted to call what TV show 123 Avenue B? Okay, I'm sorry. That's how I parsed the question. She was interviewed in 1994 and said, and and that's why I really strongly think it's Sesame Street. Gotcha. I was thinking that the show came out in 94, but especially the rhyming definitely makes sense with the you know, the format of Sesame Street. And that's, you know, that's also a charming name. My initial thought right. was Sex and the City, but I don't think that any of those fine ladies live in the Alphabet City area of New York because they could afford to live uptown. So I... I think they also always wanted the word sex to be in the title of that show because they knew that would sell. I'm inclined to agree. You don't think <laughs> uh, the old one, two, three. Hey. <laughs> Sex does sell. Yeah, I'm get, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm confident enough to to risk our, our higher point wager on this one. Um, well, unless since you really the third think... category is technology, and you have that in the bag, we can, I think we, can we do should do the lesser one on. I this. think we should put one hand and rod puppet on Sesame Street. I like it. Um, all right, so we're gonna go with one as your wager amount. Correct, team. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. One television on this guy. Co-creator Joan Gans Cooney stated in 1994 that she originally wanted to call what TV show? 123 Avenue B. You guys say for one point, Sesame Street. The answer, Sesame Street. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Very nicely done. Yeah, the uh, creator said that was, in fact, in honor of Alphabet City in New York City on the Lower East Side there. But the funny thing is the art director says the set is designed to look like the Upper West Side. So go figure. Huh. Um, It's pan New York. Pan New York. Pan New York-ish. It is. It's it's New York-ish. All right. Technology. Maybe this will be Silicon Valley-ish. Uh, known for his Groucho eyebrows and less than helpful advice, what was the common nickname of Microsoft's Office Assistant introduced in Microsoft Office 97? Oh. oh. Does Omen actually know this one? Omen looks like he's going to have a heart attack. I <laughs> have, What's going on? I have PTSD from this little guy. <laughs> um, okay, let's get... Do you want to read that again, James, just, to, just in case I interrupted your flow with my, Absolutely. With my gasping? technology known for his groucho eyebrows and less than helpful advice what was the common nickname of microsoft's office assistant introduced in microsoft office 97 wow okay first of all i think i want to give the writing team 10 points for referencing groucho marx one of my great heroes american philosopher um, so i don't know if you all remember trying to write papers uh, in mm-hmm. grade school, but on Microsoft Office, there was a little icon on the side, 
And if you would press it, uh, a, a small animated character would pop out onto your document and tell you to do things. And it was always the wrong thing to do, or it was always not the question that you actually had in mind. And it was in the shape of a, of a paperclip, if I recall. It was, it was an a anthrop- paperclip with eyebrows. An anthropomorphic paperclip, yes. You remember this? I do. Yeah, so it was a little later for me in 97. Uh, I think it was, I think that came out right in between middle and high school for me. But the, uh, the funny thing is I wrote my first resume using the assistant uh, assistance of this character. <laughs> and it was actually wildly helpful. It was way better than it would have been if I had just done it from scratch. Really? So I might be the only person <laughs> on the planet who not only has fond memories of this character, but found him to be wildly and truly helpful. Well, you know, there's that... So I'm, I've always been of the opinion that everybody who disliked him was using him wrong, but that's just me. There's that old Jewish expression, uh, DJs. Isn't it from Schindler's List when they say, you know, if you save one person, you save the whole universe? That's right. I don't know how old uh, and, and Jewish Schindler's List is in the abstract, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, is, that is a sentiment. That is a sentiment. Is it, is it not that well researched? Anyway. Um. Okay. Well, do, you, do either of you fine gentlemen remember the name of this character? I can yes. absolutely visualize what he looks like, but I can't remember his name. I'm 80%. I think it was Clippy. That is correct. It was Clippy. All I right. think I blocked that from my memory. I think we all did. Except Omen wishes that he had. Last Clearly, call. I can tell from the tears streaming down his face right now that he wishes he didn't remember. James, <laughs> I think we should. I think we should put three faultily saved word files on Clippy, the yeah. anthropomorphic paperclip. Yeah. Well, I mean, back in '97, you were lucky if you did remember to save because there was no auto save back then. Learn that the hard way. He could have been doing you. that. He could have been auto. That would have been you, that no. would have been useful. All right, three CPUs on known for his Groucho eyebrows and less than helpful advice. What was the common nickname of Microsoft Office's assistant introduced in Microsoft Office '97? You guys say for three points, Clippy. The answer, Clippy. And uh, actually, rest in the, peace. yeah, well, the official name was Clip It, and Microsoft employees apparently didn't even really care for Clippy. Poor old Clippy. I'm so glad that DJ Aww. liked Clippy, as a matter of fact, because I feel like we're just, you know, trashing the dude as, or, or, or woman years later. And uh, there was an internal code name for Clippy, TFC which apparently, according to some executives, stood for that effing clown. <laughs> so Clippy was definitely not necessarily appreciated by uh, all the people on the uh, design team, I guess. Or well, what I remember Hey, he was a major Clippy, step up from Microsoft Bob. <laughs> okay. What so. I remember about Clippy was I think that there was a feature where you could press a, a button or a key and say, please don't ever show me Clippy again. <laughs> and I remember employing that. So yeah. that, those are my memories yeah. of Clippy. Yep. All right. Well, look, now it's time for today's bonus question. And the rules for the bonus question, our listening audience will want to know it's a little bit different. And here's how we do it. The answer will always be in the form of an exact number. The players may not know that exact number, but they can still get a point for the bonus question if they get close to that number. The idea is give your best guess. At live Last Call Trivia shows, the top 50% of teams that get the closest to the exact answer win one bonus point. Since our trivia team isn't playing against anyone else in the pub or bar or restaurant tonight, the writing team has set a predetermined range that their answer must fall between for them to get the point for the bonus question. Here it is. 
How many seasons of Sesame Street have there been? Three minutes um, on the clock. I'm wondering if I can ask a clarification question, uh, which is, is a season a calendar year? Or is a season, DJ is saying no. A season is most definitely not a calendar year. There can be multiple seasons in, inside of a calendar year, depending on the year. So it's definitely not calendar year. That, right. and, and in television production, especially traditional television production, which for most of its history, Sesame Street has been, um, they would they would definitely uh, have, have, they would likely have done multiple um, seasons, a, yes. a, a season that started at the beginning of the year and a season that uh, started later. So this is so, where it gets a little um, bit complicated because if even if I know the year that it debuted, we can't just necessarily say 2022 minus that year is how many seasons. Correct. We would then have to know how many seasons. So just to start with, I feel like it debuted around 1967. Does that sound reasonable? Hmm. Uh, it's it's in it's in that maybe ballpark. I don't think it was quite that early, but but I. I think it's in that ballpark well i think it's it's still it's an hbo property today so right. it's still um in production was it founded at the same time or around the same time as the muppet show obviously there was some crossover in terms of the artistic staff but wasn't the muppet show kind of you know the muppet show live back in the day wasn't that kind of like the adult offering that was the other side of sesame street no, so believe it or not, there's only I think two Muppets that the that the shows share in common. It's it's a it's a I have this bouncing around in my head from another another trivia thing, and it was one of those like you wouldn't believe this, but it's true. And there's only I think there's only two two Muppet characters, and the only one that consistently crossed over was Kermit the Frog. Hmm, interesting. Outside of that, they are in they're they're fairly strongly independent of each other. So I don't know that 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 they're both Jim Henson, right. um, you know, production company products but i i want to say that the that the real answer is somewhere in like the 55 range like it's it's kind it's it's kind of it's quite a bit higher than the number of calendar years since it i i would estimate i would estimate two uh, two seasons a year so if if it was 1967 and i'm not sure that it is that was 55 years ago so if you want to say there's two seasons per calendar year and you want to up the year i think 67 is too early I'm, I'm fairly certain that it came out during the time of color, like wide widespread color TV. Should we say? Should we say eighty five seasons? We have to put an answer in for James. I, I think that's really high. Let's. I I I would say seventy might be in the middle of the range. Seventy five ish. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll say seventy five. Let's say so. I think it's high, but I'll say seventy five. Right. Yes, it's two, 75. Two of you said it, so I'm going to go with it. All right. How many seasons of Sesame Street have there been? You guys say 75. The answer, 52. Dark. Oh, no! If only, DJ, if only you had listened to me and put fewer seasons <laughs> in. If only you hadn't been so strongly advocating. I'm sorry. How many How many did I say again, number. James? Can we get a quick playback here? Did I say 55? Right, Is James, that the number that I put out there? DJ, I believe you said 55 exactly, which just so you know, that would have fit right smack dab in the middle of the 45 to 60 range. Of course it would have. What year did it debut? Kelly, my dear, it debuted in 1969. Oh, see? Oh, well done. That was close. I vindicated partially. <laughs> well done. And as a matter of fact, if you remember, um, there I think Forrest Gump's young son was watching Sesame Street on that show. So, yes. so, so then that, that, that is been, oh, one, yes, it was. The, the years do equate to the seasons then. It's, it's, it's almost one season per calendar year. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, almost okay. exactly. 
but right. I, I do wonder if, if to maybe DJ's point, just the fact that it's streaming now or whatever it is, you know, maybe there's some different thing now as opposed to they might have done two in the past or anyway. We'll have to right. get back to you on that one because we're moving on to round number two. The questions in the second round are themed to a specific topic. And today's theme is deserts. In this round, the point wager options have updated to either two, five, or seven points. Just like the first round, the team can only use each wager once per round, but they do have some higher options to work with here. And it's two, five, or seven. The categories for round number two are terms, fashion, and countries. Mm -hmm. Terms, here's the terms Hmm. question. What desert feature is known as a Cienega in the southwestern U.S.? Well, um, not being able to do a direct translation myself, I can think of a couple of popular desert features that maybe we can talk about and see if any of them seem to resonate. So one thing that would make sense to me is a sand dune. That's definitely a desert feature that could could have a name like that. And then also there's um, an oasis. That's a desert feature. Are there oases in the southwestern American desert? That's not where I typically think of an oasis. It's a different type of desert. So I think I think of oases as a an Arabian or you know Saharan type feature. It could very well be that. Well, they they wanted them there, so it was wish, wishful thinking when they used the name. <laughs> it could. They be. figured if you if yeah. you name it, they will come. Um, I'm trying to. I'm I'm playing back in my mind my my trip to Santa Fe a couple of months ago and remembering the ravines that that I saw um, and the. The outcroppings of rock, kind of, you know, the hills or the mesas, obviously. Like mesas or, or like the plateaus. Yeah, but um, those seem to already have a name, which is mesas. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> a cienega, cienega. I, uh, is I there have, any like root word it, that we can pull out of there? The only thing, the only thing that I can get close to is, and I think this is incorrect, is that it's close to the word for sky, like ciel. Is, yes, is, C-I-E-L, sure. Right, is sky. But there's no L in here. It couldn't be a cactus, could it? That's Is that a feature of a desert? I think that's more a dressing on a be. desert. No, um, but, but uh, cactus is something else anyway. I think we should I think we should put the fewest number of points on it as we can and say that it's a sand so dune. So a, a dromedary? Well, actually, if we have two points, then it would be a, 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 a Bactrian. Is that the two-hump camel? Yes, exactly. Two points, uh, yes, two pump camel. I believe that's that's correct. So I think we should a Bactrian on sand dune. On sand dune, yeah. Why not? All right. No, but wait a minute. Actually, <gasps> hold on, hold on. There are. I don't think sand dunes are a prominent feature in the Southwest. I think it's got to be something more like. Neither do I. A ravine or a small mountain. I offered that. Oh, good. Thank you. Very helpful, <laughs> there, Roman. I'm so glad mountain. you nailed it down. Narrowed it down for us. Last call. It could be this or it could be that, but it's probably not this. <laughs> Last call now. Um. Uh, let's let's go with ravine or canyon. A canyon. A canyon, a canyon for two humps. Two humps. All right. Terms. What desert feature is known as a cienega in the southwestern U.S.? You guys say for two points, a canyon. The answer, oasis. Oh, my. No! Wishful thinking. I knew it. Oh, oh. man. 
And uh, yeah, that, I mean, I, again, I, I don't have necessarily a whole lot to, to make that any better for you. But what I will tell you is that in the same year as 1998's Eve 6 Inside Out came out, so did All Around the World, a song that charted for the band Oasis. Thank you, um, James. Thank you for that. But Oasis, and it comes um, from ancient Greek, but the Coptic language has wahe or oahe, which means dwelling place. Back to you. Oh, wow. Well, I really think that you should pronounce their name correctly there, James. It was a hit for the band Sienega. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering now if down on La Sienega, if there's a, an above average per capita number of bars. Well, or an like above net average per capita number of Oasis fans. That, that may well, be as well. <laughs> no, there's definitely not there. <laughs> that may be as well. All right, that takes us to the fashion. You're going to go far, kid. <laughs> that takes us to the fashion question. What style of shorts was originally designed for use by the British Army in tropical and desert climates? Oh, I think oh, I know this, this one. Oh, this is fun. Yeah, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily place it in a desert because it's not... Maybe, maybe you would. Kelly, you've got something to say. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you how I picture them and then you can tell me if you think I'm right or not. So I, I do know the name of them and I'm not positive this is correct, but I'm picturing it's kind of a colorful patchwork of shorts that's very Middle Eastern. <laughs> Omen, who knows a lot about fashion, is looking at me like I'm crazy. I thought it was Madras shorts. Um, oh, I'm I getting the, the big key, N-O on this. The key is that it's for the British Army. The British Army, yeah, not known for their a, flamboyance, especially under. <laughs> yeah, it's a belt. uniform. It's it's a uniform look. The the look that they created has a very uniform consistency to it. So think think desert colors, and you'll get it. Oh, khakis. There you go. Well, they should have gone with Madras shorts. That would have been far more <laughs> fun and fashionable as they attempted to dominate the the Western Eastern world. I don't think I don't think British cuisine or fashion have ever been the envy of anybody anywhere. So see, this I, was I really... their mistake. <laughs> Your Majesty, if they had gone this direction, it would have been a whole different history. Your Majesty, we're losing territories left and right, but we look wonderful. Employ the Madras shorts. <laughs> the sun never sets on the empire, but it does set on the glittering, uh, wonderful rhinestones that the empire has on all of its clothing. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going with khaki. Which is funny to me because I thought khaki was the name of a of a, just a color and could describe any kind of clothing, but but I but I have often heard the phrase khaki shorts. Oh, I thought khaki yeah, pants were like a style, not necessarily a color. It's interesting. It, it's it's how it's come to be used for sure. But the original was a specific material used for these shorts in the desert. Yeah, it's, that's the origin. It's one of those interesting things where you know you think that you think that we call it this because of one thing, but it turns out we call the other thing that because of the first thing. I think we should throw seven bolts of boring tan-colored cloth on should, khaki. Should we throw the whole nine yards? Well, we only have seven the yards. The whole seven Kelly, yards. So we can't really but throw the, the whole, whole nine, nine yards is seven on points. khaki, James. Khaki. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. I, I, I saw what you were doing, and that's what we'll do. Thank you, James. Okay. Thank what, you. What, you're very welcome. What style of shorts was originally designed for use by the British Army in tropical and desert climates? You guys say for seven points, khaki. The answer, Bermuda shorts. Oh, what? Oh, dear. Uh, Bermuda shorts. So I actually, I thought of 
Bermuda, and then I thought that can't be it because it pertains specifically to one location, but I think that might be another like cause and effect thing where now it's come to mean that, when in reality it started an entirely different way. It was one of those things of like, well, we figured this thing out in Bermuda where if we cut off half of our pants, we won't die as often of heat stroke, and then they ended up just transferring that over. Yeah, it's mm. it's interesting. It's it's in you know Bermuda. They're they're considered, believe it or not, appropriate business attire for men when made of suit like material, so long as they're worn with knee length socks, a dress shirt, tie, and blazer, and they're not to be confused with capris, which go over the knee. The Bermuda short is sort of just above the knee. That's You're gonna the wear knee length socks. You may as well just wear the pants. I don't know. Okay, I think okay. I think you're getting some cool. I think you're getting some cool down there with with just the socks. So, all right, that takes us to countries. Countries. The majority of the Kalahari Desert sits in what landlocked country that sits just north of South Africa? All right. Fortunately, I have seen two films that inform my answer to this question. The one is a classic from the 90s called The Gods Must Be Crazy. Which <laughs> if you haven't seen is an incredible film it follows the story of a of a of a bushman who finds a coca-cola bottle uh that falls out of out of an airplane and it you know sets off this whole adventure and the most recent one was called saving the something or other and it was a it was a documentary about <laughs> a um uh <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, DJ. Clearly, clearly a left a really profound. Your laughter is you. making me title. remember all the faster. Um, <laughs> the Akavango. Well, well, Omen. It, it was called so Saving the Akavango. And the Akavango is a, is a river delta that is in this area of Africa, which has an amazing uh, natural history. It's fed by a river that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I well, think that, that I have sure. an answer. Hold, hold on i'm not sure how you missed out in your you know prolific number of movies and films about this this desert how did you miss meerkat manor i do you and i i submit that that the documentary you described there should officially be renamed to saving the something (laughs) Something or or another Uh, i'll just throw in that meerkat manor also took place in the kalahari and is a documentary style show that everyone should should see that's where dj lives. narrated yes. by none other than sean astin so you you gotta love that following the hijinks of yosarian and all of his other uh his other and little meerkat buddies well, poor flower after after poor this flower. wonderful cinematic journey i think we should start naming <laughs> some countries i'm pretty sure that it's may i say it botswana Please. any sure. does that ring any bells does Only from Yakko Warner's uh, <laughs> Globe song about all the countries in the world. United States, Canada, oh, Mexico, goodness. Panama, and eventually oh, okay, gets okay, to Botswana. Okay, okay. Does, that, does that sound right? Do you think it's Botswana? I know that the Akavango is in Botswana, and I know that the Akavango is surrounded by the Kalahari. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Yeah, it's absolutely. not for yeah, sale, got, DJ. I've but got nothing Last better. call. All I can picture is... Listen, we were just talking about the British there, Omen. I felt that it was apropos. I think that we should put five... Protected elephants on Botswana. Let's do it. Countries, the majority of the Kalahari Desert sits in what landlocked country that sits just north of South Africa? You guys say for five points, Botswana. The answer, Botswana. Yes. Nice. Well done. Thanks, Omen's ability to remember a title of a documentary notwithstanding, you really (laughs) saved our... You really saved our bacon on that it, one, It's buddy. a great film. It's not casual watching. I thought it, it was. Yeah. 
it made a huge huge impact on him it just it really did that takes us to our final question of the game it's a multi-part question and it's also the only question today that our team can lose points on see the trivia team can decide to wager either five points or zero points on this final question but they have to get every portion of the final correct in order to earn the points and not lose any points. Because it's a multi-part question, I'll give them five minutes to decide on their answer. But before we get to that, I'm gonna let the trivia team know some information. Their average final score and what it's been up until this point should be taken into consideration when they decide whether or not to wager those five points we just told you about. The whole idea is maybe they'll wanna try and beat their average score. See, through the first 28 games that we've played, the trivia team's average final score is 20.6 points out of a total possible 30 points. Right now, you all have 15 points. So be sure to keep that in mind when you're deciding on your final wager. The final is within the category television. And team, what I need you to do is place the following hospital TV shows oh. in order by number of episodes from most to least. Oh, oh this took a shocking turn. <laughs> most to least place the following hospital TV shows in order by number of episodes, most to least. And these are the shows. A, ER. B, Grey's Anatomy. C, House. D, Scrubs. Nice. Okay. I was hoping Scrubs was going to be in there. Five right, I minutes. Think I have a decent handle on this. If DJ, you can fit Scrubs into the picture. I don't want no Scrubs. <laughs> it's a guy I can't get no love from you. That was that's right. That was pretty good. Hanging out the passenger mm -hmm. side of his best, best friends, friends ride there, ride, trying only? to holler at me. I want to. I want to <laughs> preface gosh. this question. He's also known as a buster. I want to preface this way. question by saying two things. One, I'm a little disappointed that Mash isn't on here, but I understand that it's not necessarily strictly a hospital drama. Well, Second, it is. secondly, this is my absolute least favorite style of show because it combines my two least favorite things, which is realistic doctors and hospitals, realistic depiction, modern medicine. That's my third least favorite. No, realistic depictions of gore and sentimentality. Oh, realistic depictions okay. of sentimentality. Noted. Omen. He hates realistic depictions of sentimentality. All right. Okay. Um, so every year for the last like decade, I'll hear something on television about Grey's Anatomy, and I'm like, wait, what? Is that show still on? And shockingly, it is. It's been on. It's for been so on longer long. than anyone has ever thought possible. And therefore, it's clearly the one of these four with the most episodes. Um, well, it's also it's also kind of a ship of Theseus kind of situation because most of the original cast has been replaced over the years, and now it's so it's the same show, but with it's only one you know, they bring in new person? actors all the time. And, Is it only like I mean, Ellen I, Pompeo I don't even know left? if any of the original cast members are still on it, but it's it's changed. You know, they've had turnover of who the main character yeah. is several times. So let's put that up at the top. Um, yeah, so Grey's is definitely well. The top. So hold on a second, because when I mean ER was on for like seventeen or eighteen years, and then didn't it come back? Like, wasn't it wasn't it off, and then it then it was resurrected? I don't. ER is extremely long running. That that's that's what I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to remember. I could be conflating it with something else, but ER is up there. 
So Grey's Anatomy is still is still on because I know okay. that it was very long running, and you know I, I remember I stopped watching it at a certain point, and it continued, but then it died. Let's but if, I felt like Grey's just let's uh, just outlasted everything. Let's see if we can place the other two, and then we'll come back to the top two. So well, I think I think House has to be has to be last. I'm pretty sure that it was shorter than Scrubs. Scrubs aired for eight full season and seasons and a ninth partial season, although. You know, the the writers could be tricky here because the ninth season was technically a different show. It was on a different network um, than the original, and it was called Scrubs colon Interns, and it was supposed to be sort of a spinoff. But they did it where they kept the original cast, and then kind of they were trying to do like a light, you know, okay. light handoff, and the format just didn't work. So, then so if you the count the ninth season, that regardless of the spinoff situation. ER is higher than that, and House is lower than that, so it doesn't. Yeah, that's my that's my sense too. So I I would go with Grey's Anatomy, ER, Scrubs, House. I agree. In descending order. Yes. Yes, in that order. In descending order and I, of my interest of watching them, as well. I think we should bet. I think we should bet the full five board omens on uh, <laughs> on the order that we just said with. Grey's I want to see a hospital ER. drama where Omen is the intern trying to get residency. By the way, yeah, I, and I want to I want to challenge. I'm, I'm going to throw a little bit of of pushback on the writers here because Scrubs is not generally considered a, a hospital drama. It's considered a comedy that has dramatic points. Well, now did we say it, hospital it, drama? No, was it just hospital shows? Thank you, Omen. I appreciate that because actually, uh, at the defense, I'm sticking up for my writing team here. It's placed the following hospital TV shows. There you go. Okay, not all right. TV not shows. All right. I rescind my criticism. Writing team, you guys are all right. You, no you withdrawn the criticism. I've withdrawn okay, the criticism. With, uh, Your Honor, I would like to withdraw the the, the accusation. All right, great. The criticism is criticism is dead. <laughs> no? Clear. Okay. Clear. I think we should okay. put five CCs. Of inaprobaline on the order being from <laughs> least to most. House, Scrubs, ER, the other one, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. I mean, that that was nice of you to give it to me in that form also. I do need it from most to least. <laughs> so, but, you know, that's fine. I mean, technically. Grey's, ER, Scrubs, House. Thank you, DJ. By the way, one of my favorite jokes in Scrubs is when Dr. Kelso says to Dr. Cox, oh, Dr. Cox, you're so, you're so grumpy and cantankerous. You're like house without the limp. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. All right. So meta. So this is how I gave it to the team. ER, Grey's Anatomy, House, Scrubs. Give it to me from most to least in terms of the number of episodes. And then the team said that it should be Grey's Anatomy, ER, Scrubs, House. And they're going to wager the five points on it. Well, wouldn't you know it? Grey's Anatomy, ER, Scrubs, and House. That is the right order. The yes. guys get the five points. Got it. Very, very nicely done. I can give you the particulars here now. Grey's Anatomy, a whopping 391 episodes. ER, not to be outdone, 331. Scrubs, 182. House, 177. Talk about close. Five. Wow. Five episodes separating those two hospital TV shows. And uh, I was very nervous that uh, you guys might just decide to, you know, flip it at the last second and that one would bite you. But no, you guys got it right. So very nicely done. The last call trivia team's final score today was 20 out of a total possible 30 points. 
So thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in for the show. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share today's episode with your friends. And if you're looking for more trivia fun, head over to lastcalltrivia.com and check out our live shows, private events, trivia card game, and more. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Last Call Trivia Podcast. Until then, stay curious. So I have a really fun trivia deep dive that I want to want to go on since we talked about Scrubs and it's it's actually you know, somewhat timely and relevant. Um, so Brendan Fraser was a guest star on a couple of episodes of Scrubs, uh, both in the early early season and then in season three, um, his character comes back. And spoiler alert: anyone who hasn't seen the show that wants to binge it, um, to, you know, stop listening now. But his character, who is best friends with Doctor Cox dies and it's a it's a really remarkable way that they do it it's almost a sixth sense style kind of thing but it has so much heft sentimentality as you would call it omen but Yuck. he um you know obviously went on to to have a, a, a quite successful career and then his career hit the skids and interestingly enough brendan fraser's uh story as to why his career you know basically ended was a confluence of um, a really, really nasty divorce and a severe set of injuries that he got from his action film career, including several back surgeries, which caused him to gain a bunch of weight and deal with struggle with depression. And, and his ex-wife was extremely vindictive and, and made, made the divorce process very, very difficult for him. So he, he spent years essentially being blackballed by Hollywood because of the, the final awful cherry on this terrible Sunday that, that um, happened to his life. He was, uh, he was molested by the head of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. He was actually groped, and, and when he spoke out about it, he was blackballed. And it turned into this really kind of horrifying spiral in his life and career. He has thankfully since seen a significant resurgence in large part because of his casting um, as, a, as a voiceover character and sometimes live actor on the Doom Patrol show on HBO set in the DC universe. And he's remarkable. If you haven't seen the show, I highly recommend it. It's hilarious and weird and wacky. It's like nothing you've ever seen. But he's finally gotten the, the opportunity to sort of speak out about his experiences and sort of tell the story in a way where the uh, media wasn't, wasn't hiding it or, or shutting it down. And that, coupled with the very public Johnny Depp trial that's been taking place recently, I think are two really good examples of how men can suffer significant you know, uh, abuse and, and mistreatment. And, and really not have the chance to speak up because in, in many ways it's sort of dismissed as, you know, well, you know, you're a big, strong man. You, you know, nothing, nothing bad can happen to you. You can't possibly be mistreated. And so I think, I think that whole story and, and this resurgence of interest in Scrubs, which has come about because of Ted Lasso being created by the same guy, Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs, has created this sort of interesting renaissance for, for Brendan Fraser's career. And I love that because if you go back and you watch the two episodes of Scrubs that he is in, he is hands down one of the best things about that show. And it's because he, he basically plays himself. I think it's absolutely amazing. So there's your random trivia deep dive related to the show. <laughs> I quite liked him in The Mummy, which brings me to this point, DJ, you lambasted me for quoting Schindler's List 
But uh, actually, the, the quote that I was thinking of is present in both the Talmud and the Quran and states, essentially, you know, there's a lot of different translations, but whoever kills a soul without it being guilty of corrupting the earth, it is as though he has killed all mankind. And whoever saves a life is as though he has saved all mankind. Interesting that it appears oh. in both texts. Talking about uh, Sesame Street, which we had that question earlier about the original title, 123 Avenue B, uh, I believe I heard that the reason that they went with the name Sesame Street was, is it Alibaba and the 40 Thieves with Open Sesame? It is sure that is. where that phrase yes. comes from? Yep. So I believe it was Open Sesame that they wanted the street to be like this open door for children to go through for an adventure of learning and discovery and whatnot and that was the origin of sesame street it also that that story is told within the the shahrazad the 101 arabian nights you know the yes 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 and so it's isn't it a thousand and one arabian it's some nights? large number of nights <laughs> dj or a thousand and one dalmatians it's always <laughs> one more than you way. think it's going to be it's an increasingly large number just of like the nights. number of episodes in Grey's Anatomy. It's always one more than you think it's going to be. But my point is that... If you add up all the episodes of all of those shows, I think it might come to a thousand and one. That's why the writers keep making Grey's Anatomy. They're being kept in this situation where they're like, well, all right, I'll, we'll, we'll kill you tomorrow. Oh, but we'll, we'll watch one more episode first. We'll let you live to write one more episode. Well, look, the only thing I can add to this is just a little closeout, a little recommendation of my own, I guess. I would say if you're looking for something to watch, binge watch, whatever check out the documentary Saving the Something or Other. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody.